What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us every Thursday for a discussion about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I'm your host, Alex Van Aken, and today I'm joined by the one and only Marcus Stewart. How you doing, Marcus? I'm doing wonderfully. How are you? It's good to see you. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there, you know? Um, there's a lot of games coming out, yes, which means there's a lot of work, but it's also very exciting. It's rain uh, and games. Hallelujah. My mom, <laughs> it is. My mom texted me. She's like, what do you want for Christmas? And I was like, oh God, this is, it's already happening. Like the holidays are here. Um, the only salve that I have is that eggnog is finally in stores. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great time. Oh, you like eggnog. For, for all. Yeah, I love eggnog. Oh. <laughs> is that like not a normal thing? I mean, it's 50. It's to me, it's the candy corn of Christmas. It's like you either love or you hate it. Whoa. I hate that. I hate candy corn. <laughs> and I hate that you called it. You referenced it as such. Um, we are also joined by our magazine content director. Returning from last week, Kyle Hilliard. How you doing, Kyle? Good. Uh, Grant Kirkhope, Banjo-Kazooie composer. A big yeah. eggnog fan. In fact, I think uh, he like tweets about it every year. And I, f- I think last Hold year on. he was like, I gotta, I gotta stop drinking the nog, man. I, I can't do this anymore. And he, like, it was <laughs> like a big life says, change. No yeah, more nog. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if you ever get a chance to chat with him, have a good eggnog chat. You know, that'd be some good radio. Does he make it? Yeah. Is he actually, is he that hardcore? He has a recipe. I don't know. I'll look up some tweet. I'll look up some tweets uh, while you introduce our next uh, guest. Alex. Yeah, I want to hear the best Grant Kirkhope tweets. Uh, about eggnog uh <laughs> introducing our not our newest hire but our second and newest hire uh schedules just haven't lined up recently to have him on the show but charles hart our new associate part-time editor mm. at game informer is joining us Woo. this week hello charles hello um i like eggnog that's my hot gamer yeah. take of the day also marcus to your point if grant kirkhope could make eggnog there would be no seasonal stopping for him, right? That's, That's true. true. You yeah. just make it all year long. You now, think he keeps himself from learning it because he doesn't want to? <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be good for him. He'd be nogging all year long. Um, I have a sweater that says less talking, more noggin. That's fantastic. Um, oh, that's coming out soon, yeah. I guess, right? So I, is, yeah, I did yeah. an advanced search for the word nog on Grant Kirkhope's uh-huh. Twitter account, and the and the first one is a forty-one second video called "It's Nog Time," and it's a, like <laughs> a selfie video of him drinking some nog. He looks very happy. Yeah, that's awesome. I love imagining what that looks like. <laughs> Phenomenal, uh, Charles. Welcome to the show. Um, welcome to Game Informer. I feel like this is our outside of our morning meetings. I feel like we haven't really had a chance to talk that much either. Everybody's just been traveling and swamped and um, but it's great to have you on the show. It's great to to talk to you. How is your first what two weeks at GI been? Uh, it's actually been all this is my fourth week, I believe. Oh, my God. OK, yeah, um, <laughs> I apologize. It's all good. Um, it's been good. It's been great. I have been writing news stories. I I don't think I can talk about it yet, but I got my first review code this week, so that's pretty Dang. fun. Um, this is my not only my other my second Game Informer podcast debut. I did uh, all things Nintendo recorded today as well. Oh hell yeah! So I um, I said I was dual casting to Marcus earlier. <laughs> yes, um, that's my favorite Splatoon loadout, actually. Dual casters. <laughs> dual casters. <laughs> um, 
but yes, yeah, it's been it's been good. It's been fun and it's been uh, surreal and cool. Hell yeah. Well, right. um, you know, if folks don't happen to know where you're from, what you do. Can you give us a brief rundown? Uh, uh, get to know Charles Hart 101. Yes. Um, let's see. I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. I still live there. Um, I'm a big fan of chili on spaghetti. Um, that's <laughs> what, even, even more controversial than eggnog, uh, mm. many would say. Um, I was the intern at fanbyte.com. Um, I yeah. only recently graduated college, so I'm very fresh. Um, and I'm a big baby. fan. In my bio, I say my the first game I ever played was the original Lego Star Wars, which I feel like is a, a very formative. Uh, yeah. Uh, now it's that like 2006, <laughs> uh, 2005, actually. Okay. And oh, I was no. five years old at the time. Oh, yeah. no. yeah. I was wor I was working at retail when that game came out. I remember selling that to people. <laughs> yeah, I was a um, senior in high school. <laughs> well, great. I was a senior in high school four years ago. Um, I, um, my brother and I, we like played on the same keyboard where I used arrow keys and used W S A D. Um, and so I'm a big, big Lego Star Wars fan. Um, other than That's that. Awesome. I like a lot of Nintendo stuff. I'm a big Zelda geek. Um, oh, cool. I what was, your first, uh, what staff, was your first so... Zelda? Oh, my first Zelda. <sighs> this, is a this is a terrible answer. It's probably Phantom Hourglass, if I think about it. Well, no, I think that's that really good. I like that really? is, uh, that's oh, how you say Spirit Tracks. I, we did I the... prefer Spirit Tracks, personally. Really? Interesting. Well, we did that's the, the common um, agreement. The Breath of the Wild cover story. We asked Onuma to like rank his favorite Zeldas personally that he worked on, and Phantom Hourglass was his personal number one, which wow. was such a weird, surprising. Uh, <laughs> I've never played it. Yeah, Phantom Hourglass has one of the coolest puzzles in the entire franchise. Mm. <laughs> With the uh, well, so it's a good answer. We all we like it. Okay, um, I think that was my first one. I also uh, had. I think the first one I got really into was I had Twilight Princess on my Wii. Um, nice. Might still be my favorite one, just because I have so much nostalgia laced in there. But, um, That's yes, That's cool. I do have to ask your opinion on. I feel like on TikTok as of late, I've seen a lot of this sentiment that Ohio is becoming <laughs> the new Florida. Yeah. Do you? Does that track? Do you feel like that's? <laughs> Because Marcus is from Florida. I was going to ask, like, have you I just been to like, Florida? Can you judge? Like, can you compare? Because I've never been to Ohio. I just see a lot of comments about, like, must be in Ohio. Yeah. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, Gen, Gen Z is, like, totally just, like, making Ohio, just transforming its identity within our, <laughs> our 50 states. I got to say, I there's a few games we're talking about today that I haven't played. And I was like, Oof, I got to make sure I'm, you know already and, and knowledgeable <laughs> enough and this is, this is a conversation topic i have never been more qualified for um i have seen that and uh, i hate to be the ohio defender but i don't think it's that bad i also think it's it's a state where it varies a lot based on where you are of like um i think that, that's exactly what people say about florida yeah um <laughs> cincinnati is where i'm from is the beautiful solid wonderful place 
Well, what's, right. what's the alligator population like? Just to draw some comparison. In Probably four or five in the Cincinnati Aquarium. Total? In, in the whole, okay. in in the whole state. No idea. Actually, I'm sorry. It's a Newport Aquarium, which is in Kentucky, right across the river. So I don't uh, even know if we have any alligators. Um, well, that's, right. you know, that's but a I prefer tick Ohio in the, in the pro column. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll have to keep our... Um, that's your new. That's your new assigned beat, just to kind of <laughs> Ohio keep games. track of Ohio. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Well, uh, welcome to the show. Of course, I don't want to forget to mention if people want to follow you on Twitter, uh, they can follow you at Chuck Duck three six five. I I see you tweeting about games and other silly stuff. So if people want to go and and uh, get in contact with you and just kind of follow, um, you know, what you have to say about games in a casual setting. I encourage everybody listening to go follow Charles at ChuckDuck365. Uh, let's get into the news. So we're going to have about a, uh, a shorter show than usual, probably like 45 to 60 minutes. But we've got a lot packed in here. So let's jump in. Uh, Sony has revealed the PlayStation VR 2 release date, uh, price, uh, a bundle, uh, and some new games. Um, Marcus, you wrote this news story up for us uh, yesterday. Um, what's going on here? I'll, I guess I'll hit the, the very big facts at the top PSVR two coming February 22nd. It's going to cost five forty nine. Uh, there's some sort of bundle. Yeah. You want to, you might take it over Marcus. Yeah. So there it's coming in two versions. The five forty nine version is just the standard. Like you get the headset, you get the sense controllers, you get the, uh, stereo headset. Uh, but if you want a game with the box, they got a Horizon Call of the Mountain bundle, which is that uh, sort of first-person Horizon spinoff. is like the first PlayStation VR 2 that was announced or game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that bundle is $599.99. So I guess another 50 bucks for that game. And yeah, outside of that, they also announced that they've got a uh, sort of like charge dock accessory for your uh, Sense controllers. That's uh, $49.99. And yeah, all of that is coming February 2nd. And so pre-orders are going to go live the 15th. Uh, but you can register to pre-order now, which sounds weird. <laughs> it's like almost pre-ordering for the pre-order. Um, but you can only do it at their online store, uh, directplaystation.com, which if you remember buying a PlayStation 5 when that launched, uh, that's actually how I got my PS5 was through that website. Hmm. And it was actually a, a flawless nice... system, very con- like consistent, works really well. Make sure that everyone can get what the- they want right away. <laughs> Are you being sorry? It actually worked really well for me, so I couldn't tell. I you never got sarcastic. in on any of those. I always oh. tried. It, it yeah, always, it, it was worked. wonderful for me because once you got in, you didn't have to rush. They're like, no, you just take your time putting your payment information. You're not going to lose your uh, your console. You're good to go. All right. Well, maybe I'm maybe I'm being too negative. I thought it yeah. didn't work very well, but I mean, maybe like it didn't lucky. for other people. I have spent. I'm pretty lots sure of it didn't for a lot yeah, of people. I might have gotten lucky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but this is only going to be for certain territories. So you, they're only opening this up, and they use the phrasing during the initial launch phase only. They didn't define what that window meant, but they said during that phase you can only pre-order the headset through this website. And that's only if you're in the U.S., the U.K., France, Germany, Belgium, Netherlands, and Luxembourg. And the reason they define this is that if you live outside of those territories, which probably the biggest ones excluded are like Canada and Japan and Australia, too, um, 
you know, you can still pre-order in the 15th. You just have to go to a store to do it, which, you know, is mm. obviously a lot <laughs> less convenient. Uh, I wonder how they, you know, I'm always curious about how they divide. Like, well, we can't do this in Canada. So they got to go to the store to do it. Like, what determines that? Um, but yeah, they also said that if uh, the people that don't uh, pre-order through that website, uh, the orders will be shipped launch week. So, okay. you know, right. barring any disasters, you'll be getting it either on the 22nd or the week of. And then they showed off uh, 11 new games that haven't been announced. Now, these aren't all necessarily brand new games, just yeah, new yeah. games that hadn't been confirmed for PSVR 2. So just going down the list real quick, there's After the Fall, Cities VR, Enhanced Edition, which is City Skylines in VR, for those that don't know. Uh, that's cool cosmonius high which is a new game by the job simulator developer yeah yeah uh crossfire sierra squad um probably the biggest out of these is the dark picture switchback vr so like a new sort of vr like on rail shooter by supermassive games in the dark pictures i guess i well, guess it's considered part of it which is strange i mean i guess not that weird but like they they didn't until dawn one of those for the original. Okay, I was thinking, I was yeah. like, haven't they already done yeah. this? They did reference that in the description for the game of they like, did, hey, okay. remember Rush of Blood? I believe that's what it was called. It's like I it's reviewed it. I think. Did you? I don't remember that getting great reviews. It didn't. So. I think it was kind of middling. Yeah. Um, Hello Neighbor: Search and Rescue, uh, from the beloved right. Hello Neighbor franchise. <laughs> YouTube will love that. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess I actually can you I, love I, it in VR. I'm actually curious. <laughs> I'm actually very curious about Hello Neighbor in general. I feel like I would maybe like that series, um, but I I played it's just and one of those beat, YouTube I games. Played and beat Hello Neighbor because my kid loved it so much. Yeah, um, I wouldn't recommend thoughts. It to <laughs> okay. <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Jurassic World Aftermath Collection, which is a bundle of a uh, Jurassic World Aftermath or existing VR sort of like survival games. So this is like. They were released in parts, so this is part one and part two together. Um, a new game called The Light Brigade, which is the sort of like first-person roguelike. Uh, it kind of has like an, not Indiana Jones, but it's got this sort of like, I don't know, ancient temple vibe. It looked intriguing. Uh, the one I'm most excited about, Pistol Whip, coming to PSVR 2, like an enhanced version of it. And what's cool about it is Good that game. if you already own the game on PSVR, you'll get this version as a free upgrade. Because uh, PSVR 2 is not backwards compatible with PSVR 1. <laughs> so. Okay. Uh, tenta Tentacular. Sort of like a physics-based game where you play as a big kraken. And you're just destroying the city. Uh, yeah, I looked at the trailer and it kind of looked it looked pretty fun, actually. Yeah, it looked cool. It kind of gave me the sort of like tech demo-y vibe that a lot of VR games have. Yeah. Of like, yeah, you're going to throw yeah. cars at buildings and then get bored after a half hour. But, you know, maybe there's more to it. And then last but not least, Zenith The Last City, which is an existing uh, VR MMORPG that's been out on, I think it's in early access on PC, but I know it's been playable on Quest and I believe the uh, first PSVR. So, you know, that's just migrating over to this. Um, yeah. But yeah, and that's going, you know, that's alongside the existing games we knew about, like Horizon, the Resident Evil port. Of village and uh, I think it's is that is that village port going to be there at launch or is that did they have they said I forget I feel you know it came up in that <laughs> that showcase right I yeah. don't remember if they slapped a release window on it that's honestly the only compelling thing from that big list you just shared like I I love Pistol Whip but I I have it on 
Quest too. I'd much rather play it there without cables. You right. Know? Um, but I Village, I'd love to to visit in VR. That sounds cool as hell. Yeah. So Village yeah, I... on PSVR two is TBA. Okay. So okay. maybe not at launch. Probably yeah. Also, launch. it's worth noting yeah. that all of the games I just listed that they announced yesterday are all slated to come out in 2023. And the I believe Zenith and uh, Cities VR are supposed to be launch day, so February twenty second, okay. uh, which okay. you know by extension is also the launch of Horizon Call of the Mountain. <laughs> so, yeah, well, at least we know you're getting those three games at launch. Hmm. I I've got a lot of sticker shock on this one. Uh, not cheap. Five. Not if you want a game and the char- like. If you want a game and like the charging station, which. I imagine you would, otherwise it's kind of gonna be a mess. Six hundred and fifty bucks before tax. Like that is wild. Uh, it's cost of a PS3 at launch, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah which um, I mean, I, it seemed like like I'm not a big tech person, but listening to people when they first announced the specs and everything this thing could do, it was kind of assumed it would be expensive, just because I don't know, like. VR people way smarter than me were like, oh yeah, this is a pretty high-end headset. Like this is kind of comparable to like the the better headsets out there or better. So they're like, we can't imagine this being like it seemed like people were floating six hundred dollars or like maximum for it, or but like no less than five hundred. So I guess yeah, it hit to me, me less. it seemed like I, I think it's probably it maybe has a better screen. I haven't uh, looked at the specifics and yeah, compared it definitely it to does. like. The Oculus Oculus Rift S is what I have, and as far as like basic capabilities, like it's pretty on par. Like it's got, you know, the the cameras and the headset. Um, it's got a cable. It's got pretty much the same controllers, and that was I think like three ninety nine at launch. Um, and so I, I'm wondering like, is the screen much better? Like, um, yeah, it's, it's got just, eye tracking in there too. That's like the big separator from quest at this point i think okay um yeah well but that's like i don't know are any of these games touting their eye tracking gameplay i i don't know i have no idea yeah i don't know and i oh man if you're gonna get into vr like right now i would just say pick up a quest but um that's just my opinion like i i think i think the only game that i think is worth buying a vr unit for is Half-Life Alex at this point. Uh that game is incredible. And so you still need a PC to Beat run it. Beat Saber Erasure. What's wrong with Okay, you? I'm sorry, Beat Saber. You're right. <laughs> but you can play Beat Saber on the base PSVR or yes, like a quest. For, I'm actually surprised what? that wasn't announced as like a port. Like not that it's not yeah. gonna happen, but it seems like you would want that like close to day one because of how popular the game is. And also my dream was that we would get a Half-Life Alex announcement for launch, because it's like to me that would sell this better than oh, anything yeah. they could announce it's like yeah we it's coming to psvr day one baby dude yeah they could advertise it as like you won't have to go through an insane headache to get alex running like <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is console stuff you know you just just download it and go where it's like yeah I played honestly alex, yeah i played alex with a quest 2 and it's a fantastic game i really loved it but man i probably spent almost as much time setting it up as i did playing it yeah I and maybe maybe I'm discounting like I mean we obviously we haven't played it yet Horizon Call of the Mountain I really uh would love to get hands on with that before that game launches like to me it just felt like I don't know maybe it is more of an expansive thing like Half-Life Alex was but I didn't 
get those vibes from you know what we've seen so far maybe if it is more of a like fully fledged experience you know five ten hours then maybe maybe it is worth it i don't know but we haven't played that um yeah so well, none of us did reiner did play it because he got to go you're right he went he to did. that uh what was it but then he quit game informer so what's that tell you huh? <laughs> yeah, he he's like i gotta get out of games man games media Can't be here when this comes out it was too good yeah. is what happened yeah it's too good yeah as, um, as someone who's never i have zero vr experience just because I, I never had a pc that could run it i never got the psvr um and in was i correct saying that psvr 2 is it's not backwards compatible with psvr it's not correct so yeah, no astros playroom <laughs> for us for someone like me like the most casual like person interested in this i feel like there's almost zero reason for me to get it because i don't like i'm kind of interested in the uh village game and i'm vaguely interested in uh the horizon one but it is an interesting like um i don't know i feel like there's a lot of barrier to entry of of it's it's not a very good starter thing and it's not a very um if you're a real enthusiast I don't even think there's like cool games to get on it yet. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say confused by it, but um, it feels like it's, it's a very small window of consumers they're targeting this at. Yeah. It seems weird timing wise because it's, it's a more expensive peripheral for a console that is still not easy to find. It yeah. seems like you would wait until that has and it has it's getting better and it has gotten better, uh, like getting a PS5, but it's still not. You still can't just walk in a store and buy one. And it seems like you would wait till you get to that point before you release mm -hmm. this really expensive headset that requires the console to use. Because it's like, oh, even if I am interested in us on day one, I'm still struggling to get the, you know, the main thing that I need to plug it into. OK, I, I don't want to be uh, ignorant. So I looked up more of the specs. And they are like a step up uh, for one instead of an LCD screen, the display is an OLED screen. So, you know, those are pretty pricey. And then it's the resolution is like, what, a hundred. It's like 2000 by 2040 instead of like 1800 by 1900 or so. So like it's a it's a little step up. I think the OLED is probably the biggest difference. Um, and then the eye tracking, like Kyle said. Yeah, it's just yeah, sticker shock. Six fifty if well, you want. I mean, granted, yeah. I guess you don't have to get all the stuff, but it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah, in this economy. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> um, I don't know, but I mean, I, I'm interested. I would, I would like you know to try it. I'm just not going to go and spend that money myself. Yeah, it's not a day one for me. And I, and granted, I'm yeah. not a hardcore vr person i've never owned vr i've only played it either at trade shows or at people's like friends houses that had it um but like nothing right now half-life alex would have been the thing that made me go like okay i i would like to get this sooner than later but until that's announced i was like i can wait you know there's no reason for me to get this february 22nd we'll see like maybe later in 2023 where it kind of shakes out as things start coming out um i think it's cool i just don't think it's yeah, I don't think it's personally for me worth it, like, in February. Yeah. Any final thoughts before we move on? Nope. All right. Let's get into our God of War Ragnarok review. This is our topic of the week. Last week, we talked a lot about God of War Ragnarok. We had Blake, Kyle, and Marcus on. Uh, 
Marcus and Kyle are still here, and we can now talk about more than just the first five hours of the game. Uh, we will not be, you know, spoiling anything, um, you know, in terms of like big stuff. Like I, I think we're, you know, probably talking about stuff that you've probably seen in the trailer and expounding on what we talked about last week. Um, so yeah. Um, that said, if you don't want to hear anything, I, I guess you can tune out now. But uh, yeah, yeah God of War Ragnarok for, you, for sure. Yeah, Kyle, what do you think about it? Let's start it off with your score and then get into overview and and we can go from there yeah thank thank you for eating your vr vegetables uh <laughs> as we move into the arguably maybe you know depending on how you feel about elden ring i mean the biggest game of the year like god of war ragnarok is 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 huge uh it's i gave it a 9.5 it's freaking fantastic it's it's amazing it's it's stellar like every like the most negative thing i can say about it is that it's like uh, it feels a lot like the first one, you know, a lot of the sort of ideas that they implemented for that first game in terms of combat and the way the story is told and stuff continues mm. here. But like, but the story is so good. The performances are so much better than like other video games. Like we were having discussions recently about like, you know, filling out um, a list of like the best performances of the year for video games. And I was like, these should just all be God of War. Like, <laughs> like it, we don't really need to uh, consider much else here, but like, yeah, it's great. It's, I, it's, it's one of those things that's, it's hard to talk about at this point because like, I don't want to ruin anything for anybody. I don't want to go into any specifics at all because I want people to have this, a similar experience to what I had, which was just like this just moving emotional incredible epic story with like fantastic combat and amazing level design and like the the twists and turns of the story are great the side quests are phenomenal like they're like a i they don't even feel like side quests like there's so many that have these like big important character moments and like just story moments in them and like retroactively i was like oh that was i didn't have to do that there's a chance players might play this game and totally miss that that's that's almost disappointing like like a, like early tip when you're going into ragnarok like take the time and do all the side quests because they're all great um yeah i mean like i don't it's great man like play it like you're gonna <laughs> love it like it, it's it's so good uh they know what they're doing over there marcus uh have you had the chance to play more yeah, I've played a few hours more. I still have a ways to go, but I think I, I'm I would imagine I'm past the sort of like five hour threshold that the embargo uh you know referred to before. Uh but yeah, I'm loving it so far. I'm excited to see the rest of it. Uh I think that world is gorgeous. I think at least the story stuff I've seen so far has been interesting. What I've liked about it most is how it it really spends a lot of time fleshing out the supporting cast. And it's it seems like like, OK, like the bulk or like a lot of the main Kratos character development, at least that I've seen was in that first game. So let's sit down and like, let's let's look at Mimir's backstory. Let's look at the Sindri and let's get into some stuff with them, some like heavy stuff. And I've been really digging that because I, I really love the supporting cast and in, in these games. So that's been fun. Yeah. I mean, like Freya, Freya is like my favorite character now after playing this game. You know what I mean? Like they really take the time with everybody. They really do. And it, it, the result is actually a surprisingly long game, um, but it like it really earns the length. Like it's it's never a game that feels too long. It's mostly just like 
oh, I'm surprised that they've kept this pace this whole time. This is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, they even do some cool stuff with Atreus I won't talk about, but like I think he's a lot more fun in this game now. Uh, yeah, I, I'm so excited to get back to it. Like, I, you know, like the beginning was really good, but it was still that sort of like, not just necessarily getting back in the group, but there was that familiarity of like, okay, I'm doing this stuff again, even though like I'm a huge God of War fan, but you're like, okay, this is hitting the same beats, you know, I'm kind of in this mainly for the story, but like even the gameplay has started to catch up to where like, okay, like I've unlocked some cool stuff. Uh, the, the encounters are more interesting. The, the enemies are getting uh, more interesting. And like I said, the plot is starting to kick up a bit where it's like, all right, I think we're like really off to the races now. So uh i'm so excited to see the end of this game i want to peer into your head kyle and and know no, you the don't. things that you, you want know. to experience it yourself <laughs> you want to go you know without please do your best to avoid spoilers i know it's oh, hard yeah. um but really like it's 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 great man like it's so good oh yeah it's uh it's pretty it's pretty bomb so far so so i shouldn't go and type in god of war death scene to see what comes up I mean, YouTube. you'll find a lot of me. deaths for sure. I mean, <laughs> you yeah. tell me murder. there's death in this game. Yeah, I think you have about 48 hours where it'll just still pull up, you know, uh, the the other God of War <laughs> games. I mean, yeah. Sony's been very uh, understandably restrictive about what can be shared before release and stuff like that. And spoilers haven't been too bad lately. Like there was, you know, some screenshots floating around out there and stuff, but. Um, yeah, Hopefully I think I gotta get way. my uh, my Twitter filters. Yeah, working double overtime. <laughs> Ragnarok with and without the umlaut. Make sure you know. Both yep, of those exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. good point. Yeah. This has been yeah, because this game is still six days away. So it just feels weird, you know. Yeah, it's it's that. I mean, we're used to it, I guess, because the game's media. But it's like you think the game's out because you've had it for so long, and you're like, no, it's still like a week away for everyone else. Yeah, it's it's yeah. definitely one that's going to be exciting to see, like the sort of larger conversation when we're when we're you know in a couple in a month or so when we're a little more lenient with spoilers and we can kind of all talk about it as a big internet group yeah. about what everything means and what everyone went through yeah and all that stuff like i'm I'm looking i'm looking forward to that conversation in a i definitely way. want to have a uh game informer show spoiler cast um yeah. maybe like after thanksgiving uh just because i don't think i'll be able to to beat it until then you need our um, leftovers as we talk about it <laughs> perfect yeah yeah i mean for uh, it, it is like i play i beat it and i did m most of the side quests i know i was just talking about do all the side quests i mean there's like little things that i might have i bypassed but i I clocked it in about 35 hours so like it's it's long for that type of game like a, you know usually mm -hmm. like a action game like this is like sitting around like the 15 or so yeah. but like i said it yeah. doesn't feel too long like it never drags it's it's kind of wild how they pulled that off I'm really excited. I um I really enjoyed the first game and then I kind of found myself like as I got more distance from it. I think the fandom kind of exhausted me a little to be honest. And then like once once that, you know, hype cycle for the second one started coming back up, I started watching videos again and like reading wikis and I was like, "Oh man, yeah, I really did enjoy that game. Really loved the first one." So and at this point I'm like after seeing that that last big trailer that they released like a month or so ago, I was like, okay, I'm going dark on this. I don't want to know anything until I play it for myself. Um, so I, I'm really stoked. But Charles, <laughs> and here, edit your, my what, video review with a bunch of fun. No, I mean, you you did me the solid and edited down a lot of the video for me. Uh, and really nothing there is like all that spoilery okay, 
at all really so it's been nice um charles what's your do you have any experience with the the god of war 2018 yeah uh, where, where you at with the new one all that i i uh got a playstation uh to get to play spider-man the original 2018 spider-man oh, when that nice. came out and then so i was catching i had never had any playstation consoles like in my life before then so i was catching up on all the greatest hits so i played god of war 2018 like a year after it came out um and there's something really nice that i haven't experienced in a long time of playing a game without being near any of the discourse around it as it's happening because it's a very like isolated like special experience yeah. um and i also have i've not played any of the earlier god of war games me neither um, yeah and i was i was realizing uh thinking about god of war ragnarok as i do um just dreaming <laughs> um <laughs> That I, I kind of have a Trace's perspective of Kratos, of like often they will uh, allude to the awful things he's done. And I'm like, I don't know, this guy seems like he loves his kid. Um, and I <laughs> recent I, I, I beat the game once. I beat it a second time. And then I oh, wow. watched my brother do a whole playthrough of it. Um, it's definitely it's like top five for me. Um, awesome. And then recently I watched a as a youtuber named noah caldwell gervais does these super long retrospectives on games and it's like a five hour video on all of the god of war series and so now i'm ready to go into ragnarok because i finally have the context of the earlier games and i was like oh yeah oh i get it now <laughs> so that's that's i a, might need that's that a link cool perspective yeah sure because <laughs> they yeah. they take the time to sort of like allude to things and even in ragnarok they even get specific with like storytelling of like Oh, Kratos, tell me about when this happened and stuff. But like just to even have like like the YouTube cut of those of those games, I think is is a cool perspective and probably helpful just for like building that character uh even more. Mm. Yeah, mm, there's man. there's a lot of stuff, especially like the sexual stuff that I was not aware of and wasn't oh, right. expecting yeah, yeah. of like I mean, and if you think of like God of War 2018, very like mature tone mm -hmm. in the sense that like Kratos would never mention those things to his kids. There's no way he would even that wouldn't even come up. And so then to learn about that afterwards, I was like, oh, gotcha. I understand like his view of himself uh, better now. Yeah. He truly um, was a monster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't gone to the conversation where he's teaching Atreus to mash the X button a lot. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well, cool. Um anything else guys before we i know we kind of kept that short but yeah i, really I mean to do a deep dive we, on that you game you just don't want to go to... into the specifics at this point like even my yeah. my review which is and on we the had site, a huge discussion last week on it as yeah well. it, like the review on the site is even you know maybe to a fault like just really light on details of just like hey it's good this thing is good like play it <laughs> you know uh, yeah so i've heard from, from your into. review and others the uh odin's performance freya's performance yeah uh, i don't even know like even with the footage you gave me i don't know anything about odin and i'm still i'm glad that that has like that secret has still been kept about me you know other than you know the things we learned in in the 2018 yeah, game yeah you know? he was in a tra he's been in a trailer or two um but yeah. i haven't seen it Gr great so i'm like, yeah that's, all, that's yeah. an awesome way to approach it yeah just a a very interesting, unexpected performance for Odin that I really liked yeah. a lot. The best that I've heard of it was listening to Next Lander, and I think Vinny Car or I think it was uh, Alex Navarro described them as like he's basically a justified villain. Oh, like huh. the show justified? <laughs> yeah, like the, the show, show justified. justified. Oh, right. <laughs> like, yeah. That's the vibe he gives off. Not like that's actually pretty good. I was like, yeah, most villains are like pretty good if they have their own motivation. <laughs> I haven't seen Justified, but uh, I know a lot of people have, so that's a, a good. Um, 
good what simile metaphor simile this is he used like or as <laughs> yeah yeah there we go. <laughs> um well cool uh well if you want more you know more details on like combat and all we, we talked about a lot of that last week and you know i imagine that kind of holds true it sounds like throughout the rest of the game so uh if you want more god of war ragnarok go listen to last week's episode we have a big long talk about it but uh for the sake of time uh we need to keep going into the playlist this is the part of the show where we talk about the games that we've been playing this week uh you know a lot of these are recent releases doesn't always have to be but you know it's november uh big game release season let's start off with modern warfare 2 uh multiplayer specifically last week we kind of talked a little bit about the campaign um our review of the campaign written by reed mccarter uh bullet points monthly a big fps critic um is now live on our website um go read that uh reed gave it a 6.5 um sounds like blake and other people who have kind of played the campaign kind of echo that sentiment uh, of it kind of being a disappointment but i have only played the multiplayer and i really really like the multiplayer shocker call of duty multiplayer pretty good (laughs) um you know it's it's i think modern warfare 2019 was the the game that got me back into Call of Duty multiplayer in a big way? Um, my history with the franchise, I, I I use I think I played every Call of Duty up until like whatever happened after Black Ops Two, um, and I kind of that's when I kind of started like skipping stuff and like you know dipping in and out for you know a few hours. Uh, I played a lot of Call of Duty, uh, particularly the multiplayer is is has always been like a huge um, staple in, you know, my, the games that I play around the holidays and throughout the year. Um, But yeah, Modern Warfare 2 is a lot, I think, of the same uh, of Modern Warfare 2019 in a good way. I've, you know, refreshed maps, um, loadouts have been changed and kind of like the way you build weapons has changed. Uh, Some good, some bad. I, I think Call of Duty in recent years has had... I know people really don't like the UI of this new one. I think Call of Duty in like the last four or five years has become uh, very, very uh, inflated and kind of confusing. Even as somebody who like I used to compete in like Call of Duty tournaments, like and I would go to these new Call of Duties. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Like I really (laughs) it just became like this big overwrought experience when at the end of the day, I just wanted to give me my perks, give me my loadout. Let me shoot stuff. Um and Modern Warfare 2 is is kind of continuing that trend of like, okay, you can customize every single attachment of your gun and um, you can go to the firing range, which actually is like a very nice quality of life thing. Like you can just like test out your gun like immediately. Um, like there's almost hardly any loading. It's really awesome. I like that a lot. Um, but one of, one of the big things this time is like, I guess like there's... You can build out your gun, which is not not a new thing. But now there's like receivers, which are like effectively yeah. like if you load into like, OK, I want to customize my M4. You have like your scope, your barrels, your mags, your clips, all that kind of stuff. And then you have this like in the bottom right of the screen, this receiver thing. And you click on that and then it essentially is like other gun profiles. So you could like equip the M16 receiver you could equip the ftac receiver uh and then you click that and it kind of just becomes 
not an M4 anymore. It just becomes like the other gun, but is labeled as it's very confusing. <laughs> That's, yeah, and I You're speaking really with a lot of conviction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't get it. I feel like this. I I've enjoyed it. I've been playing playing some of it too. Um, I don't know how I would play this game, like set myself up if I had never played a Call of Duty before, because there are a yeah. lot of like menus and I can be like, OK, this gun uh, is acting this way. And I think I want to put like a stock on it or whatever. And my past knowledge allows me to be like, OK, this is where I think I would go to find that. But if I hadn't done that before, um, I don't really know what I would do. Um, Alex, I do <laughs> want to ask because I, I've played a number of Call of Duty's. I think the last one I played was Modern Warfare 1. Um, what is it you say, you said this is like a good multiplayer. Is there a thing that makes this one good compared to past ones, or is it just you think it's it's pretty consistently Call of Duty's the same how as how it is? Yeah, I think a lot of it is that foundation of Modern Warfare. I think um, the 2019 Modern Warfare was really kind of a return to form and despite all the, the complications we're talking about and the complexities of building a gun, it was a it kind of returned to like a simpler version of Call of Duty. Like there weren't, you know, there's not wall running. There's not, you no know, exosuits, no exosuits, you know, uh, no RC. Actually, there might be an RC car in this game. I don't think there is. I think that's just like mostly black ops, but like very much like, OK, we're going to like ground this game again. Um, and for somebody who is pushing, you know, well, now I'm 30, I was pushing 30 at the time. I was like, okay, this like reminds me of the stuff I grew up on, you know, kind of like the pre black ops era of call of duty. And for a lot of people, that was like the golden age of call of duty, right? Modern warfare one, or I guess call of duty four Modern warfare two. God, the names are so confusing. Um, <laughs> and yeah, a lot of it was like that. A lot of this game is good because of the foundation of 2019, I think also I think the maps are pretty solid in this game. Um, I there's like maybe one map that I don't like right now. And typically shifting the game mode fixes that. Mm. Um, I, I think there's there's a lot of really solid maps. You know, the guns feel good. It's kind of like more of the same. Um, so like if you liked Mono Warfare 2019, probably going to like this. If you didn't, probably not. Right. Um, I think I'm missing, I really, the modes, I feel like I'm missing uh, some more good stuff in the modes. Like, there's no, uh, Gunfight was, like, the big new mode in Mono Warfare 2019 that I thought was, like, the best Call of Duty mode in, in like, a decade. Mm -hmm. I loved it. And now it's not here. Oh, they um, took it out? Oh, that's surprising. Oh, okay. Yeah, they left it out. What? Uh, which sucks. Um, so, like, it's... It's like, oh, I wish you would have kind of just, you know, stuck to more of the same in that regard. Um, there's also some weird stuff with the maps going on right now because they're like they modeled a lot of them based on like real life locations. And now there's like some legal stuff happening. Like there's a museum map um, called uh, the Valderas Museum. And I think that that's based on like a real life location. And there's like some like that museum is not happy about being included in this game and i think it's been removed from the playlist now oh, weird uh a museum doesn't like their uh <laughs> Wild, <laughs> their right? location yeah. being represented as a yeah playground for an art shooting? museum weird yeah um but yeah I, I think it's more the same i think yeah like it, i struggle to 
to really come up with anything that's really new in mm-hmm. this game. And that's kind of for better and worse. Um, it's just more Call of Duty. Um, yeah. Does that answer your question? I, yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I was playing it and uh, it felt very familiar. And yeah. Also, I'm, I, I think the last few shooters I played were um, Fortnite. And then before that, I played some Splatoon. And then before that, I was playing Halo Infinite. And the time cool, to kill yeah. is so much shorter in Call of Duty that I had to like recalibrate myself to get used to it. Um, but yeah, yeah, you almost have to like, all right, I gotta drink an energy drink before I log it's like in. Tag, like tag, really? Is it's like you yeah. gotta know where to look before a person's gonna be there. Um, That's a really good. Yeah, imagine like a. Have you ever watched those tag tournaments? Uh, not oh Tekken. yeah, where uh, they is it like they parkour around a little like obstacle? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's kind of like what Call of Duty is now. Yeah, it's like <laughs> oh I'm sliding, I'm 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 mantling. Oh brr, gotcha. Oh I'm I'm you know it's that's a really good comparison, <laughs> Charles, uh, to tag. But um, but yeah, it's I don't know. I feel like I've dominated the conversation. What do you think about it, uh, Charles? As somebody else who's been playing it. Yeah, I mean I've I've enjoyed it a lot. I. Um, I haven't, I haven't played that much. I think I'm like level 16 or 17. Um, and I'm not good, <laughs> but that's okay. I, it's one of those things where my, you know, your performance varies wildly based on who's on your team. Um, yeah. uh, but yeah, I think, I think my main, the main thing I've been thinking about is the, the density of the menu and how, um, I was confused of like, you can't really customize your loadouts at first like you have to unlock some stuff and i do wish mm-hmm. some of it was was simpler in in the sense that i knew like i feel like i have to click into like six different menus to know at what level do i get a scope on my marksman rifle that i want to do um yeah so it's like with- the what do they call it the maybe just weapon progression or something like that yeah but that's in like the frames or, or what what's the yeah the word yeah, the for the receivers different, that's it yes i don't know what what a dumb word for a <laughs> what was it beaver just <laughs> say gun body i don't know enough about guns so maybe that's like maybe this is really realistic and good for like a yeah. gun head which is a word i just made up um, <laughs> like a chainsaw man kind of yeah, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> um or, but yeah yeah i agree the the at first, actually, what I really like about this game, when you boot it up, like there's a suite of uh, accessibility options that are like, that's the first thing that it gives you. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, this is like actually uh, really cool. And then I like the main menus in a fine. Like I, I kind of, when I first booted, as, booted up, I was like, oh, I like the look of this UI. Like it's cool that they have like all that customization and accessibility at the start when you boot the game up. And then you start going through the weapon stuff and you're like, oh God. This is this is something, um, but yeah, it's more Call of Duty, I guess. I don't think we need to talk too much about it. I really like Farm Eighteen. That's probably my one of my favorite maps. I like the Albagra Fortress. Um, those and, and and the Raceway. Have you played on the Raceway yet, Charles? I don't know if I've played on any of the maps you just named. I've played okay. on like five maps. I feel like that's fair. That's I've been fair. in the hotel a lot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The hotel's fine. The raceway is probably my favorite. Mm. I've, it's in only the 6v6 modes, I think. Uh, gotcha. But playing that on Search and Destroy is really fun. It reminds me of like, um, like oh, I'm playing Hitman, but Call of Duty. Because uh, you're like <laughs> here and the race cars drive fast and stuff. It's cool. Um, cool. Well, let's move on uh, to Immortality, Marcus. This is that FMV game, right? Yeah, this is Sam Barlow's uh, latest. Yeah, he was the uh, creator of Her Story. 
and then did Telling Lies. Um, you know, they all sort of follow a similar FMV format where you're kind of watching through video clips and trying to piece together some sort of overarching mystery. So this game came out uh, late August, um, but as I'm kind of like doing my game of the year preparation, going back and playing stuff that either I haven't started yet or need to finish, uh, this was really high up mm -hmm. on my list because I, I didn't play Telling Lies, but I loved her story when that came out. Like that was in my top 10 for like 2015 or whenever that was. And hearing the buzz around this one, I was like, okay, I got to get to this. And so yeah. I wrote credits on it last night. I had started playing it like a week ago, just every other night or so. And I enjoy it. So this is a tough game to talk about in specifics because it's entirely narrative driven. But the, I, the yeah. premise is that you are watching archived film footage of this actress named Marissa Marcel, who was like this up and coming actress in the 60s, 70s, who worked on three films in three different decades and none of them ever released. And she disappeared under mysterious circumstances so you're kind of watching sort of like the behind the scenes footage of these three very different films and trying to piece together what happened to her and uh so what i love about the games first and foremost are i think the performances are really good uh because you know it's these people having to not only pretend to be fake actors but then be fake actors playing fake roles in a fake movie. <laughs> it's like these yeah. layers of acting that I think uh, everyone in the, in the game does a great job of. I think the seeing the different styles of cinematography for each film, because the first film is like this sort of like adaptation of this religious book that's like filmed in the late sixties. And it has that like late sixties sort of like look to it, like the, the film grain and just the audio quality. Mm. The second film takes place in the seventies and it's got like the kind of like, wide like angle widescreen shot that uh i think of films of like maybe like taxi or something at the time and then the last film takes place like late 99 and it looks like a like a 90s film um but the idea is that you know you're kind of like her story uh i should probably ask first before have you guys played any of his other stuff sam barlow said like her story or telling lies i have not no personally. but i'm familiar okay so like in her story the big thing was like you were finding you get one clip and the way you find other clips is that you type in keywords in a search engine based on like what you watch. So if you, she said a name, you might type that name in and it might produce like three clips based on that name. Uh, and this game is different where you have sort of like a magnifying glass and you just click on something on the scene and whatever you click, it'll give you a random uh, a second clip that has either that person or object in it or something related to it. So it's like, I'm going to click Marissa's face and it's going to give me a single clip. I don't know where it's going to take me. It might not even be from the same like film that she's working on, but it'll be something. And then you watch it. And some clips are not useless, but they're kind of like, okay, there's nothing really here. But the idea is that you're kind of, cause you can rewind, you can fast forward, you can slowly scrub through the clips and you're basically trying to find clues piecing together a much broader like story. So okay. there's like a sort of like meta narrative that's going on here. Again, I'm being vague on purpose because I like even describing how you do this is a spoiler in my opinion. Um, but there are certain tells in these clips and not every clip has them where you're like, there's something more here 
than just what I'm watching. And so you're kind of using the tools at your disposal to try to like suss out what is the weird thing in this clip. And uh, I think it's, it's really cool. It's unsettling at times. Like, I don't know if this is supposed to be a horror game necessarily, but like I was talking to Blake about it last night cause he's pretty deep in it too. And he was saying that the game like legitimately terrifies him sometimes. <laughs> just of... It sounds right. scary, but I don't I don't know why. I think something about it feels like you are being creepy, if that makes any sense. Like if you're the one jumping around and looking at all these clips that are from things that aren't released like it. I, it sounds like I'm snooping around on someone's computer, you know? Yeah. And that's like, that's the vibe I get. That's certainly the vibe. It, I think it's it feels eerie because you almost feel like the film is haunted. And not that I'm mm. saying that it literally is, but just the circumstances are like you're trying to figure out what happened to this girl. She fell off the face of the earth. You have no idea why she seemed like she was kind of like on the rise and like her Hollywood career. But none of her films like all of her films were stopped for like, again, circumstances you don't know. You're trying to figure out why. And so it's almost like you're maybe like watching a ghost and like maybe the part of your brain. It's kind of like you're trying to make it more than what it is because you're like, OK, she acted weird in this scene, you know, and not just the scene. But like, you know, because you see a lot of like, oh, they're cutting. They're talking about the scene that they're going to film or they're doing a line read and she's acting weird or. Mm-hmm. the director's being weird and you're like what's going on there and you want to piece it together fast you're like clicking on like him or again just clicking on random things and you're like okay and then you know you slowly start to piece all these kind of on out of context clicks together to get like okay i think i know what happened with this movie uh and it's also a game where uh the answer is it, like you can kind of stop like there are credits um, but you can keep going past the credits because like odds are you won't find every clip that's in the game. So you might, mm. even if you get like quote unquote the ending, you might still have some questions and the game and her story was like this too, where it kind of leaves it up to you to sort of like determine whether or not you're satisfied before you walk away. Of like, I think I got what I needed from this or I think I know what's happening. I don't need to see anymore. I'm done. You know? Um, mm-hmm. so, Are you hmm. past credits? Yeah. I hit credits last yeah. night. So, but even I'm like, I'm, I have a pretty decent handle on like the real story, but I still have some questions. And so it's like a question of like, is it intentionally vague or are there still some clips that I have not found that would answer some Mm -hmm. of my lingering questions? And like, I've been going back and forth of like, do I want to just look up like a YouTube explanation of like here's the here's exactly what is happening here just filling all the holes for yourself kind of yeah or do i want to go back and just look for them myself and it's going to come down to like time do i have time to do that when there's other things i need to yeah. play yeah um but like literally last you're only night seven hours into god of war what are you doing man? <laughs> <laughs> i mean i put 10 hours yeah, how many hours is i put 10 hours into this before i hit credits okay. um like, like it's it can take a while and some of the clips are long like some clips are like five minutes you know maybe longer some are just like a minute, 30 seconds. It just depends. Um, and then some of them you watch and you're like, what was the point of that? Like, I just spent five minutes watching this and like, it's cool. But like, I don't know if this actually answered anything or contributed. So, you know, it, it's a mixed bag in that front. But I think um, like, yes, it's Sam Barlow kind of doing the thing he's been doing just sort of like with a new coat of paint. But I, mm-hmm. you know, it still like feels pretty novel. I think that the game's unique twist. uh help it stand out and i think that the extra like the actual story 
is like once you figure out what you're actually supposed to be doing in the game, because again, you, you kind of have an idea, but when you realize what you really should be doing, that kind of takes it to the next level. You're like, okay, I'm like totally hooked. I need to <laughs> go back to all the clips now and rewatch them because I, I figured out the real purpose of this game. And I and you feel like a you feel like a detective, you know. That's what I love about her story. It's like I feel like I'm smart piecing this together. Like, <laughs> I'm taking notes yeah. of like, okay, I'm gonna look into this dude because he seems like he's matters. And I don't know. It's a it's a really cool game. I think it's one of the more interesting games of the year. And you know, I'm excited for more of you guys to play it because so far, like literally last night, Blake and I were on a Discord call, just like going nuts, sharing theories and comparing notes. And I want to do that with uh more peeps so yeah it's that sounds awesome it's on a uh, game pass you know pc and console it's on i believe mobile as well too oh so you can do it that way but yeah i Word. i recommend it check it out it's also i should probably also say that there is content warning like so there's a content warning in a game take it seriously it is a very mature game uh and i'm mainly in the sexual aspect like there's like just straight up like sex scenes in this game it's probably one of the more mature games i've played in, in recent memory on that front so definitely don't play it in the presence of kids or maybe even anyone that you don't want like to get well i was gonna play it on the plane to england next yeah definitely week. do maybe not play this on the plane. Not. <laughs> all right am well, i right also uh, that you should play with a controller i think that's a thing i've heard a few times i played mouse um it it just depends because the the sort of the cue that I talked about where you kind of know that there's more to a scene, it, it manifests differently. Like if it's, if you're playing on a controller, it does it one way. If you're playing with a mouse, it's an audio thing. Um, gotcha. Yeah. But I don't think either one is better than the other one. I mean, the controller is probably a little more noticeable because it's more of a touch thing. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I, I liked using a mouse just cause I like that precision of being able to kind of rewind and, just you know mm. select things quicker so awesome well i think that's gonna do it for the show this week um thank you all for joining me of course follow the crew here today on social you can follow marcus at marcus stewart seven follow kyle at kyle m hilliard follow charles at chuck duck 365 and you can follow me at it's van aiken uh, if you enjoyed the show this week leave us a podcast review on apple Podcasts. Rate us on Spotify. We'll be sure to read those off and say thank you. Uh, lastly, go and listen to our other podcast, All Things Nintendo, uh, which is our weekly Nintendo podcast. It comes out on Fridays. Uh, thanks for watching, uh, and we will see you all in the next one. Goodbye. Yeah.